Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Mental health is what we are looking at. Mental health is a big issue. Anyone? It's an important issue. It's something that every single one of us has to deal with. Every single one of us has to learn to navigate. Before I start, I want to say this. We are not psychiatrists. We don't get paid enough for that. That was a joke. We are not psychologists, but we don't. Um, We are not even counsellors. We're pastors. And so I will be speaking from the Word of God because the Word of God is true and it has a lot of wisdom to teach us about mental health. Last week, Paul looked at the fact that even though life is messy, we can find God in the messiness. He's right there in the messiness. He's in the messiness of your life, and if you look for him, he's right there, and he wants to help you. So today, we're looking at the role that gratitude or thankfulness plays in our mental health, because it does. So we have, we have wonderful staff at our church. I want us just to give them a hand right now. They are awesome, and we love them, and they work so hard. But two of our staff like to wear T-shirts that say fun things on them. So on Thursday, the beautiful Pip had radiate, there she's down the back, radiate positivity. Nice, very nice. And my lovely PA Bell had this shirt on that says, obsessively grateful. (laughs) I think that's great. Because... You can radiate lots of things, but why don't you radiate positivity? And why don't we be obsessively grateful? Because there's a word just right there. There's a word right there. Do you know Dr. Carolyn Leaf says this, ruminating on bad thoughts is one of the biggest predictors of mental distress and anxiety. How about that? Ruminating on bad thoughts is one of the biggest predictors of mental distress and anxiety. Alternatively, the Word of God tells us this in Philippians 4.8. And now, why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, now. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honourable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. What a great scripture. Fix your thoughts. I want to ask you this morning, what are you fixated on? What what are you fixating on in your brain? Are you fixating on what if? What if that happens? Or are you fixating on how could they? And you just ruminate and fixated and ruminate over and over again. Or are you fixating on, well, when I finally and you have no contentment in your life because your fixation is when I get to that, then I'll be happy. You won't, can I tell you? Or are there intimidating thoughts that continually come against your mind, i.e. you think you can succeed? Who do you think you are? Everyone thinks you're a failure. 
You have really blown it and there is no way back for you. Are those the thoughts that you're fixating on? Those things will steal our joy, they will steal our peace, they will steal our gratitude and the Bible tells us to fix our thoughts on what is pure and right and praiseworthy. Why? Because what we are thinking is where we are going. What you are thinking is where you are going. It says, fix your thoughts. It also says, think about things that are worthy of praise. Get those things in your head. Another word there is appreciation. You know, when our kids were little and we'd sit around the family dinner table together and we'd talk about our days, we would say to them three things, three good things that you're happy about, three good things that happened today. Why? Because we wanted to train their minds and our minds to be appreciative. Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. Now, I'm not suggesting that we should just pretend that everything's fine. When Paul asks me how I am and I say, fine, he knows full well I am not fine. Amen. Amen. But what I'm saying is this, that in the middle of everything that goes on in our world, our focus, our foundational belief is on the truth of God's goodness to us and our ultimate trust in Him working things out for us. During the mess, as Paul spoke. You know, the father of our faith, Abraham, said it like this. He said, when there was no reason to hope, Abraham hoped anyway. And sometimes we are faced with situations in our world. I know I have been many, many times. I've woken up in the middle of the night and God has said that scripture to me, Mel, when there's no reason for hope, Abraham hoped anyway. Switch it over. Switch it over. Did you know that gratitude is essential to success in life? It's essential. If we can't appreciate what we have to be grateful for right now, and you have something to be grateful for, some of you are thinking, really? Yes, you do. You really do. It is hard, if we can't even see it now, it's much harder to achieve what we desire in the future. Because we can't even see that it's possible. Because we've shut down our possibility thinking and our faith and we are totally stuck. We're stuck in that negative cycle. And I'm not saying it's easy. You know, when um, I took over this church in 2003, I was running a congregation of this church, but I wasn't the, you know, running the whole thing. And we merged two congregations and I stepped up into senior leadership of the church and I had no idea what I was facing spiritually. And so for the next 18 months, I was very physically unwell. Can I say there was nothing physically wrong with me? But I spent 18 months with going in and out of hospital in a lot of pain. I would start screaming. Paul would pick me up, throw me in the car, no, place me in the car gently. <laughs> Drive me to the hospital. They'd, put, they'd stick morphine into me, it did absolutely nothing, I was still screaming, and this went on and on and on for a long time. 
And let me tell you right now, I had no possibility thinking right there. You know, it was enough for me to think, am I going to make it through this day without having to go to hospital? I'd look at the clothes that I managed to wash that were sitting in the, dirty, in the clean clothes basket and think, maybe today I'll be able to fold those clothes for my kitties. Maybe I can make them lunch today. Maybe. Maybe I can just take our dogs for a walk. Just do the normal things of life. But do you know what happened at, one po- at some point in this process? I was lying in hospital on those beds. I mean, why? Has anyone ever wondered why the hospital beds are so ridiculously short, like skinny? It's because they don't want you in there, and they're so uncomfortable. I was lying on this bed in an emergency, and I thought, God, I am so over this. I don't, do not know what's going on. But I, I thought, the Bible says to bring a sacrifice of praise. And it's only a sacrifice when you don't want to do it, right? Otherwise, it's not a sacrifice. And so I lifted my hand and I said, God, I don't get this. I don't understand a thing that's going on right now, but I'm going to praise you anyway. I am going to praise you because you are God, because you are my creator, because you have a plan and it's a good plan, even if I can't see it and I don't understand it. And you know that that, that wasn't the, t- the end of it all. There was a spiritual battle I had to fight, but you know that, what that switched? It switched possibility thinking on in my head. Gratitude switched it for me. It'll switch it for you. Habakkuk says this, even though the fig trees... The fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in their fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Did that come up on the screen? Okay, that's okay. Do you know what he said there? Do you know what he was saying? Everything in my life is dead. There's no, there's, the fig trees aren't blossoming, the cattle's not. Everywhere I look is dead. Everywhere. But guess what? Yet I. Yet I will. We have a choice. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Gratitude, do you know what it does? It actually changes the brain and the body for the better. Research on the effects of gratitude, research, of, of the, research on the effects gratitude has on our biology shows how being thankful increases three things. You might be surprised by this. It increases our longevity. It increases our ability to use our imagination. And it, it increases our ability to pro- problem solve. It increases longevity. Who wants to be da- around for a while? Me. <laughs> longevity in life, longevity in jobs. Gratitude helps us to achieve in life, to not give up. Gratitude increases our ability to use our imagination. Our thoughts are more powerful than we give them credit for. Ephesians 3.20 says it like this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all you ask and think. All you think. 
Our thoughts are more powerful than our wants. Did you know that? Your thoughts are more powerful than what you want. If you want a successful marriage, but your thinking is full of, I'll never get married, or my marriage is never going to work, a failed marriage or no marriage is what you'll get. Because our thoughts, sorry, are so powerful. Gratitude increases our ability to problem solve. Gratitude helps us to problem solve. Do you know where the, my best answers are that I get from God? All hell, King Jesus. When I'm doing this, when I'm in a place of worshiping God, that's when I get answers. When I'm thanking Him for what He's done in my life, that's when I get answers. Darlene, have you heard of her? I know you have. I'm sure you might have. She says this, it's good to teach our teams, our churches, young and old alike, that this sovereign song of worship can never be reduced to simply a warm-up before the preach. It's important to teach people how to put on their garment of praise when there is a spirit of heaviness and that there is great power in raising a shout of praise when life is difficult. This takes faith and that's the whole point. That is the whole point. I will praise you in the promise. I will praise you in the pain. I was singing that song this morning. You know, gratitude makes us feel like life is worth living. Which brings mental health benefits, right? If you feel like life is worth living, you're going to feel better. It brings uh, mental health benefits in a positive feedback loop that leads to more resilience. Resilience, what a great word. What, I think that we need more resilience in the world today, right? Does anyone agree with me? Yes. Resilience is the ability to bounce back quicker during hard times. To be tougher. Do you know, we had someone come to us one day and say this. These were the words. You can only say nice things to me. I'm not joking. Yep, I'm happy to talk to you, but you can only say nice things to me. You know, that's a low emotional quotient right there. Listen to this, Psalm 141.5 says this, let the godly strike me, it will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Don't let me refuse it. Let the godly strike me. I thank God for the friends in my life who tell me things that I need to hear but I don't want to hear. I, you know, Proverbs tells us that faithful are the wounds of a friend, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. You don't need people telling you stuff, making you just feel good all the time. Sometimes we need someone to say, you've got to stop that. That's not helping you. If you're someone who can only hear nice things, you are weak and you will stay small on the inside. And you will live a small life. Alternatively, we can build resilience and bounce back during tough times. Be like one of those, I don't know if they have them anymore, but when I was growing up, those dolls that were full of air and you knock them down and they come straight back up. 
Anyone know what I'm talking about? Be that, be one of those. Resilient. We need to allow the right people to speak into our lives. It will be a kindness, a soothing medicine. It doesn't feel like that at times. Gratitude makes us more resilient. All of that to say that gratitude is essential for overcoming difficult circumstances. It's essential for, for achieving success. And God wants us to be thankful. Not everything that I want to do in my life or try, I can definitely say is God's will for me. Would that be right? Not everything I think, oh, I might want to do that or try that. I can't definitely say it's God's will for me. But thankfulness and gratitude is always God's will. Always. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you. Yay. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The word thankful there it actually means to be grateful, to express gratitude, to be grateful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you. Who wants to hear that? That's challenging. That is really challenging. I want to clarify something this morning. That verse doesn't say be thankful for all circumstances. It says be thankful in them. I could not thank God for all the pain that I went through when I first took over this church. But I could thank him in it. I didn't thank him for it, although in the end I did because it helped me. But I could thank him in it. I could raise my hand on the hospital bed and say, I'm gonna praise you anyway. I don't get it, but I'm gonna praise you anyway. And I believe part of the reason that thankfulness opens our lives uh, is good is that it, it opens our eyes up to see from God's perspective. No matter what you're facing today, he can turn it around. No matter, he can, he can turn anything around. He can take something that is broken and make it better than you. He can take what looks like a loss and make it your greatest gain. He can take the worst situation and bring gold and health to your life. That's our God. And I don't enjoy the trials and I don't enjoy the tests and I don't enjoy the battles and I don't enjoy the fight, but I wouldn't change what I've got through it for anything. I wouldn't change it. Why? Because it changed me. It has deepened my relationship with God. It has helped me trust him more. It has helped me be a different person, hopefully someone that is much nicer to be around. Thank you for saying amen, honey. <laughs> Romans 8.28 says this, and we know that God causes everything. He didn't miss out anything there. He says everything. Even that thing that you're going, I don't, I'm sure it's not that, it's that. Everything to work together for good, for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Okay, so here we go. Here are some ways you can develop a gratitude mindset because it's actually a mindset. It's actually something that we need to develop rather than just thinking about whatever. We develop a gratitude mindset. 
start every morning thinking about what we're thankful for in our life. My husband's really good at this because he's a morning person. I find it really hard because I'm not. He just wakes up, hello day. And I just go, how do you do that, honey? He's learnt that I still love him even if I'm grumpy in the morning. Counting our blessings first up in the day. If we train ourselves to do that, it's easier to recognise them later on in the day. Because our mind will get better and better at the process of building a positive and grateful mindset. The more good that we see in our life, in the now moments, the happier and more successful we're likely to be in our life, at school, at work, at the gym, in all of our relationships. If we start to feel low, what we really need to do is to do what it says in Philippians 4, is to switch it. To fix our eyes and to think about the good things. To think, to remind ourselves, to call someone and say, gosh, I'm thankful that you're in my life. I really just want to thank you. That will change us. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. And get the, actually, no, I'll just, let's read Luke 17. This is a really interesting story. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, 10 lepers stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, their leprosy disappeared. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God, I'm healed. He fell down on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan, so he was an outcast. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Does only this foreigner return to give glory to God? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go, your faith has made you well. So let's, let's just set the scene here. In Bible times, there was no cure for leprosy. It was gruesome. It was a horrible disease that crippled and disfigured its victims. And anyone that had leprosy was forced to live outside the city and was forbidden to have any close contact with other people other than if you had leprosy. Because they wanted to contain the disease. And in this passage, the 10 men were outside the village and they couldn't get close to Jesus because of their disease, so they had to stand at a distance and yell at him, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus, from a distance, gives them a command which they follow and as they're walking, miraculously, they are healed of their disease. What an amazing miracle, right? How did they respond? They must have been incredibly excited, overjoyed. Perhaps some of them ran home to see the parents that they hadn't seen, their brothers, their sisters, to embrace a wife or, or, or children. Maybe they ran to the town square to just say, whoa, look at me, here I am, I'm back. They might have gone to the temple to make a sacrifice because that's what it commanded in the Old Testament. 
Imagine if you'd been suffering for years with a disease that was not only painful and repulsive, but which made you an outcast in society. If you were suddenly cured, what would you have done? Where would you have gone? You know, only one of those 10 did what we are talking about today. Only one returned to thank Jesus. Only one saw beyond the gift to the giver. Only one came back and gave thanks. Only one out of 10. If I could have the band up. What was Jesus' response? He said to this guy, your faith has made you well. What did he mean by that? Hadn't they all been healed? Well, yes and no. They'd all been healed physically. But what Jesus was saying to the one who returned was that he had been healed spiritually. His sins had been forgiven. He had received eternal life. Nine of them only cared about the healing. They didn't care about the healer. Once they got what they wanted, they were happy, they were relieved, but they were out. There was no gratitude, there was no thankfulness, there was no appreciation. They just took the blessing and ran, and their faith was limited to believing in Jesus as a miracle worker. The one who came back with gratitude and appreciation and thankfulness received the greatest gift of all. It's the greatest gift of all. I can never get over the gift that he gave me. The gift of forgiveness of sin. The gift of relationship with him. Because you can get everything that you are searching for in life. But I can tell you right now, you will never be satisfied unless you look past the gifts that he gives to who he is. You'll never be satisfied. You can come to church every day of your life if you like. But if you don't ever get to the point where it's not about what He gives to you, but it's about Him, it doesn't matter. Seriously, it doesn't matter. And this foreigner, this guy who was on the outside, he got that and he ran back to Jesus and he threw himself down and he said, thank you so much. And he got the best gift of, gift of all and that is relationship with Jesus. And that is what we all need. And that is what inside we all want. And that's the gift that God wants to give to every single person. A relationship with Him. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.